Brock Lesnar is an anomaly in the sport of MMA. Because before he became a pro fighter in 2007, he built a name for himself as a pro wrestler in the WWE. And the superstardom that he attained early on continued into MMA, especially when he joined the UFC. And that's where he became the heavyweight champion and the promotion's biggest draw, which was huge for the growth and popularity of the sport at the time. But as quick as his rise to the top was, so was his fall. So how good was Brock Lesnar actually? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to be talking about Brock Lesnar. If you've been following me for a while you'd know that this is a video that I made a while back and at the height of being my most viewed video it sadly got taken down but of course it gives me the opportunity to make an even better and more updated video and ever since my old video on his career disappeared many of you have requested to get this one done and I'm happy to because as short as his career has been it was filled with many legendary moments so in this video we will take a look at his MMA career to really understand how good he was but first shout out to the undisputed members of my patreon they get the extra perk of a shout out before each video but even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamara podcast and the best part is that all the money goes to charity now let's get to it Brock made his MMA debut on June 2nd 2007 at the age of 29 prior to his career in the WWE he was an NCAA division one wrestler he also played football and was aiming for a career in the NFL but after that didn't pan out he aimed his sights towards MMA so for his first pro fight he signed with Japanese MMA promotion heroes his opponent was Minsu Kim and the fight took place in Los Angeles California Minsu Kim opened up the fight with an inner thigh kick, but this immediately led to him getting taken down. Brock was in half guard and although he was being held down, he connected with short punches to the head of Minsu Kim. But even though he wasn't winding up these punches, they were still so effective due to Brock's massive hands. Eventually the pressure led to the full mount. Brock threw ground and pound before Minsu Kim had enough and was forced to tap. The fight lasted 69 seconds. This win and his already huge following led to the UFC signing Brock in October of 2008, and they threw him into the deep end right away as his first opponent was former UFC heavyweight champion, Frank Mir. But Brock looked good early as he secured a takedown and immediately began to throw ground and pound. Things were in his favor before referee Steve Mazzagatti stopped the action. And that was due to one of Brock's punches hitting Frank to the back of the head, which is illegal but unwarranted in this situation in my opinion. Especially since Mazzagatti deducted a point from Brock and stood the fight back up. Although Frank connected with some nice kicks when they got back up, Brock connected with a couple of right hands that dropped him. This led to a barrage of hammer fists and once again, Again, the fight looked moments away from ending, but Frank bought some time by attempting submissions off his back, and eventually he got a hold of Brock's leg and locked up a knee bar which forced a tap, handing Brock his first defeat. And the fight lasted 90 seconds. Regardless, Brock came back at UFC 87 and was supposed to fight former UFC heavyweight champion Mark Coleman. But Mark pulled out due to injury and was replaced by Pride FC veteran Heath Herring. Despite Heath being the much more experienced fighter, Brock came rushing in which led to a right hand that dropped Heath. This gave Brock the opportunity to attempt a guillotine and even though he wasn't able to secure it, he brought the fight down again and landed some punches and knees from above. This beatdown continued throughout both on the ground and in the clinch. Brock finished the fight by riding Heath like a bull, knowing very well that he did enough for the victory. And after 3 rounds, he won by unanimous decision. And apparently this was enough for Brock to receive a shot at the UFC Heavyweight Championship. But let's be honest, a lot of this push had to do with his popularity. His opponent was champion Randy Couture and the fight went down at UFC 91. The two opened up by trading in the clinch, and once they separated, Randy connected with a punch on the way out. Brock was able to get a hold of him again and secure the first takedown of the fight. Randy did well in defending any advances and was hard to hold down. But Brock's size helped him so much in maintaining top control. It also helped him with his takedown defense as Randy tried hard to bring him down before the end of the round. Regardless, the action continued in round 2 with both men trading some punches. Then Brock connected with a right elbow that staggered Randy. Randy was able to buy some time by clinching up. But once they separated, Brock continued to land his knees and punches. Eventually, he connected with 
with the right hand that dropped Randy. Brock immediately began to throw a bunch of short hammer fists and punches, which once again would only be effective with his large hands. Randy couldn't defend himself any longer, which led to referee Mario Yamasaki to step in, making Brock Lesnar the new UFC heavyweight champion. His first title defense took place at UFC 100. His opponent was UFC interim heavyweight champion, Frank Mir, making it their second meeting. Brock opened up the fight with some leg kicks, then Frank tried to grab a hold of a leg, but Brock defended it and got on top. From there, he laid all his weight on top of Frank and began throwing punches and elbows. This continued until the end of round 1. Brock started round 2 with another takedown but decided to let Frank back up. But once Frank began to connect on the feet, Brock took him down once again and stayed on top. And with Frank being trapped against the cage, he ate a bunch of punches before referee Herb Dean stepped in. Brock was charged up, and this led to him yelling at a battered Frank and giving middle fingers to the booing crowd. But what was even more wild was his post-fight interview with Joe Rogan. Brock was pushing for the booze to continue. He also said that he pulled a horseshoe out of Frank's ass and beat him with it and that he was going to get on top of his wife that night. But the craziest thing that he said was how he was going to drink a Coors Light instead of a Bud Light since Bud Light wouldn't pay him anything. Of course, this was horrible for the UFC as Bud Light was one of their biggest sponsors at the time. And in the post-fight press conference, Brock had to apologize about those comments with a Bud Light in his hand. Regardless, UFC 100 became the biggest card in the promotion's history at 1.6 million pay-per-view buys. And it held on to that record until UFC 202. Despite being at the absolute top of the game, Brock's career was put on hold after he confirmed that he was suffering from mononucleosis. And this stemmed from a serious case of diverticulitis, which is an intestinal disorder. This required Brock to get surgery. Now I remember the comments to my original video from people who also suffered from diverticulitis, and they explained how painful it was. So you can only imagine how much of a threat this was to Brock's MMA career. But after a year on the sidelines, he came back at UFC 116 to defend his belt. His opponent was UFC interim heavyweight champion Shane Carwin. And Shane was a huge threat as he was not only a powerful puncher, but he also had skills on the ground. And coming off surgery and a long layoff, no one really knew how Brock was going to look. Shane opened up the fight with some punches before Brock attempted to take him down, but it was defended very well. And this led to Brock eating a barrage of punches and a big knee that had him in serious trouble. I'm surprised the ref let it go for so long, but somehow Brock survived and ended up getting back up where he held Shane against the cage until the end of the round. Despite the early adversity, Brock had a smile on his face going into the second. And with Shane visibly tired, it was easy for Brock to secure the takedown early on. This led to punches from Brock which gave him an opening to lock in an arm triangle choke. And he slowly added more pressure until Shane was forced to tap. This win was huge for Brock and it really showed that he was still the baddest man on the planet. And he had the chance to really prove that by defending his heavyweight championship for a record-breaking third time. An opportunity which went down at UFC 121 against Kane Velasquez. Brock started off aggressive by rushing in with knees and securing a takedown. But Kane was able to survive the early onslaught. This led to him connecting on the feet and securing a takedown of his own where he threw ground and pound. And once they got back up, Brock was visibly tired and did a wild spin before eating more punches. Kane threw more ground and pound and the fight looked moments from ending. And although Brock got back up for a moment, he got dropped again and ate more punches before Herb Dean stepped in. After losing the belt, Brock became a coach on the 13th season of The Ultimate Fighter opposite fellow heavyweight Junior Dos Santos. And Brock was honestly a great coach, especially to Tony Ferguson who was on Brock's team and made it all the way to the finals where he ended up becoming The Ultimate Fighter. And Tony credits Brock as a huge reason for his success on the show as Brock really went all out with using his resources and knowledge to help him. In fact, this made me see Brock in a different light as it really showed that he cared. Whether he was a fighter or a coach, he went all out. Brock was supposed to fight Junior Dos Santos at UFC 131, but once again he pulled out due to issues with diverticulitis. So after having another surgery, Brock made his return at UFC 141. His opponent was former Strike Force heavyweight champion Alistair Overeem. Brock opened up the fight with some punches and kicks. He also tried to bring the fight down, but Alistair denied it with ease.
knees. This led to Brock getting kneed many times to the body, which I can only imagine must have been extra painful after having surgery. Regardless, it was definitely working as Brock was covering up in pain and backing up now. After connecting with another knee and some punches, Alistair landed a kick to the liver that dropped Brock. Alistair threw punches before Mario Yamasaki stepped in. After this defeat, Brock stated that he would be retiring from MMA due to his issues with diverticulitis. And with Brock resigning with the WWE and being vocal about not being paid enough in the UFC, it really seemed like that would be the last time we'd see him in the octagon. But fast forward to June 4th, 2016, a 38-year-old Brock announces that he is coming back after being away for nearly 5 years. And he was going to make that comeback at UFC 200 against Mark Hunt. And since Brock was stepping in on short notice, he was given an exemption from USADA drug testing. Despite Mark being a heavy hitter, Brock avoided his shots by securing takedowns and throwing ground and pound. It was a dominant performance by him and by the end, he won by unanimous decision. Plus, he got paid a record salary of $2.5 million, which has since been broken. And with a victory over a top 10 heavyweight, Brock was back in the mix, which meant many possibilities for him in the future. But a month after the win, USADA announced that Brock failed his pre-fight drug test by testing positive for clomiphene, which is an estrogen blocker. Brock was suspended for one year and had to pay a fine of $250,000. Plus, his win against Mark Hunt was overturned to a no contest. And apparently, as of 2019, Brock still hasn't paid the fine. Although Brock notified the UFC in early 2017 that he was calling it a career again, he made headlines in the MMA world once again when heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier called him out after his win at UFC 226. Brock, who was in attendance, entered the cage. And in classic WWE fashion, the two had an in-cage scuffle that ended with Brock breaking a camera with the mic. Although the matchup didn't make sense, it was definitely a big money fight. And with Brock re-entering the USADA testing pool, it really seemed like he was making another comeback. But UFC president Dana White would later say that the fight wasn't going to happen as Brock decided to stay retired. At the time of this video, he is 43. And although in 2020, Dana teased the possibility of Brock fighting John Jones, the chances of him making another comeback at this point are slim to none. So after going 5-3 with one no contest in a career that saw him become the UFC heavyweight champion, how good was Brock Lesnar actually? He was the greatest spectacle in MMA history. Let's be honest, the thought of a pro wrestler coming to the UFC is storyline gold. And if that's all it was, I'm sure people would have still enjoyed it. But Brock went above and beyond with the opportunities he was given. It took him 4 fights to win the UFC heavyweight championship. And while I do agree he got fast tracked to a shot at the title, the opponents that he had to get through had way more experience than he did. But Brock had what it took to not only hang with them, but become the baddest of them all. And a lot of that had to do with his size, strength, and athleticism. He simply looked the part of a fighter. He had to cut weight in order to make the heavyweight limit. And overall, he was a massive person. Now, if I'm being honest, all these things make for the perfect freak show fighter. But Brock's destiny was more than being just an MMA attraction. He had the skills to be amongst the elite. His wrestling was some of the best at the time, and he did a good job in securing takedowns and maintaining top position. And his ground and pound impressed me due to how he combated his opponents so easily with it. It didn't even look like he was going 100% with these shots, but they still managed to do damage with the help of his huge hands. Hands that required custom-made fight gloves. Even on the feet, he wasn't the greatest striker, but one punch from Brock can still put most fighters down. The way he would rush his opponents must have been terrifying for them. But that energy was the first to noticeably decrease after having surgery. And so was his ability to take shots to the body. What I'm trying to get at is that diverticulitis ruined Brock's potential in MMA. Because if he remained healthy, I think his run at the top could have went on for a longer period of time. But even though that didn't happen, he still accomplished so much. First off, he entered the sport at the age of 29. Imagine if he skipped pro wrestling altogether and went straight into MMA. Brock only had 9 fights in his career and in that time he became the UFC heavyweight champion and defended that belt twice. And I have to credit him for his title defense against Shane Carwin because he had so much going against him heading into that bout. And even though he faced some serious adversity early on, he survived and walked away with the belt. Even his first 
first title defense against Frank Mir was huge as he had lost to him prior to their second matchup. Basically, his run as a champion was quite difficult. Winning the belt may have seemed like a fluke to some, but defending it twice really puts Brock amongst the greatest heavyweights MMA has ever seen. And a lot of people definitely saw it because he was the UFC's biggest pay-per-view draw at the time, which was huge not only for the promotion, but for MMA as a whole in North America. Yes, a lot of that was due to his popularity in wrestling, but there was no reason for Brock to bring that to MMA. He could have easily stayed in wrestling where he'd make more money and take less damage, but he took a risk on becoming a fighter in a sport that was still in its growing stage, and it paid off due to his passion and work ethic. This could have been another platform for Brock to make money and continue to build his following, but he actually took it seriously and therefore made a huge impact on the sport. That's why I would give his MMA career a 9 out of 10. What often saddens me is how he's portrayed as a villain by most people, because in my opinion, I think he's just reserved and when he does speak, he tells it like it is. I remember in an interview where he said he doesn't like being around people, which is funny because his entire career has been seen by millions. But if he wasn't doing MMA for the fame or the money, then I think it's very wholesome to see that Brock Lesnar was doing it for himself. My name is Keon and this is my take on how good Brock Lesnar actually was. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's a lot for now, so I'll see you in my next one.